0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. Yo, what's good? Ville Church, this is Pastor Jay Harris. Listen... Shout out to all my people in the Ville. I love y'all. Miss y'all so much, dearly. Um, If you're tuning in with us today, it's your first time. We are glad to have you here with us this morning for our Sunday online service. We are coming to you live from Facebook. Listen, we're going to jump right into the word. I'm really excited to preach. Um, Last week, I preached to you out of Romans 8, and I started in verse 12. Um, This week, I'm going to actually be going from, I'm actually working backwards. So I'm going Romans 8, verses 1 through verse 8. Um, And I wasn't going to actually go back into Romans, but I got really excited. I've been kind of chewing on Romans 8 this whole week. So I want to go back into Romans 8 and double down on the encouragement that I gave you last week about your surety in your salvation through Christ Jesus. um, And also making war against the idea of being condemned and feeling like you are outside of God. And I know that we are inside of a crazy season right now in the world. Um, there is, I mean, there is conflict and tension on Facebook and every angle that you turn these days or whatever. And more than anything, I want you to be encouraged in Jesus Christ and encouraged in your faith. And so Romans eight, um, the whole word is, but the Romans eight, that's that book right there or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It does that thing or whatever. So we're going to jump into it this morning. So turning your Bibles to Romans 8, and I'm going to read the text to you, and then we're going to jump in. So it says, there is, uh, starting in verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh, cannot please God. So that's our text for today. We're going to start in verse one where it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are inside of Christ Jesus. First off, let's talk about what condemnation is. Definition of condemnation is this. It says a statement or expression of very strong and definite criticism or disapproval, right? So condemnation, whatever, is when you pretty much are in a sunken place, when you feel like you are not enough, when you feel unworthy, when you feel like you just are a failure in life, right? And this is telling us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. So condemnation affects the way that we actually hear and and, and 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 what you hear and how you hear, right? So everything ends up sounding like criticism, right? Um, then we've put in that place where we have to respond and, and and justify ourselves or whatever. So some of us have become good at developing techniques where we never get caught lacking or or not being up to par, so to speak, or whatever. Like we're actually enslaved to make sure we are meeting a mark all the time. We're not working out of out of um out of joy we're not working out of actually being loved by God we're actually enslaved and in this fear of getting caught not being good enough right so nothing ever sounds like constructive criticism or loving words or encouragement or guidance it means that we are actually not resting in in Jesus and even in the many of our churches right we preach grace we preach love we preach mercy all of these beautiful things that god has given us right these sacred holy things that he's given us but often our our culture with inside of the body is not even graceful people feel like they have to meet a mark to even exist with within the structure in the body of christ and this is actually not what the word is telling us he is saying there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus Stills our enjoyment I want to read something to you i read this to you last week and i want you to hear it again this is roman romans 8 and i'm starting at verse 14 it says for all who are led by the spirit of god are sons of god for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear That's that slave whip trying to crack on us or whatever. We haven't been given a spirit of slavery where we are trying to earn our place with God. We have our place in God through Jesus. And the spirit is leading us and it is telling us that we are sons of God. It says, but you have received the spirit of adoption, adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba Father. The spirit himself bears witness witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So we are the children of God is what the spirit of God is always saying to us and always proclaiming to us. It's always pointing to us that we are heirs because of what Jesus has done, right? We look inside of Romans 5, 19, it says this. It says, for as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteousness. So that one that makes us righteous is Jesus. He is the substitutionary fulfillment of the law for us. So he has met the mark on our behalf, right? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of life will lead us as it sanctifies us by pointing us to the work of Christ and the will of God so we know what is righteous, what is true, what is pleasing to God, and the spirit of life postures us towards a loving father, not a cruel master. That's why the text says, Abba, Father. We cry, Abba, Father, because it's always posturing us towards our father who loves us, not a cruel slave master with rules saying you are not enough. It's always pointing us to Jesus who is enough. It's a joyful work versus a grievous work. And I hit these points for you last week, and I'm going to hit them again because I want you to hear it and I want it to get in your soul. I want you to have a radar that goes off when when, when the enemy's playing games and trying to condemn you and tell you, Yo, I know what you did last summer. You're not as clean as you thought you are, whatever. I want you to hear this. Holy Spirit is always doing this. It's always bearing witness and leading us in this way. It always proclaims us the righteousness, your righteousness in Christ. It always screams to you your forgiveness through Jesus. It always points us to the word of God. Which is holy. It always says, Jesus is enough. Not that you are enough, but that Jesus actually is enough or whatever, because we only boast about him. And it places you dead in the center, center of the war between your flesh and your spirit. That's how you know the spirit is alive in you because not condemnation comes, but conviction comes when you fall short. And it points you to the one who fell long, right? Who 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 is our substitutionary lead in Jesus. Flip side, when we focus on the flesh, the law and rules, we are automatically defeated and condemned because verses 7 and 8 tell us that's a battle that we can't win. We can't be good enough. So that slavery looks like us having a set of rules that we think will make us righteous. So we try to move to our code, but the code falls short of Jesus Christ. Verse 7 and 8 of Romans 8 says this, says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So you know when the flesh is, you know when the law is running the number on you or the flesh or you are feeling that slavery mindset set in again because it's when you are feeling so unworthy. When you have division with others and you're judging other people because they don't meet a law that you've set in your mind or whatever and they don't seem to actually add up, right? When I'm in that place, I torture my family. I torture them with with, with judging them and 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 I take away everybody's peace because I personally feel condemned. And it makes me begin to condemn. It makes me tell everybody they're not doing enough, they're not working hard enough. I begin to man, demand more of them to be better, a class, a, a grade A jerk, right? But verse one and two that we just covered testifies to the to the fact that Christ has already accomplished the impossible on our behalf. There's therefore, hear this, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So, am I telling you you're going to be perfect? That you're going to be perfect, and if you think the right way, you're going to always be perfect and you're never going to fall short or anything like that? No, I'm not telling you that. But I'm telling you that you will know God and you will experience His holy goodness and His sacred truth through His Son, Jesus. That's what I'm telling you. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a situation where um, and so many parents understand or if you're married or if you just period, you, if you just live in life or whatever, you'll get where I'm coming from. But I can't tell you how many times that I've um, I've 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 lost my temper with my kids or or I'm feeling condemned. And so my reaction to them not doing something they are supposed to do or me being upset with them is me condemning them right? And then I I, I I finish that ordeal, head to my room, and I'm sitting down feeling, you know, busted and disgusted with myself or whatever, because I'm like, man, you should have handled that differently. And you actually are hurting them and you're not doing better. And all these things are telling me I'm a failure. And then the Holy Spirit shows up and begins to tell me how I'm loved in a moment when I don't feel that I should be loved. In a moment when I feel like Just disgusting and like I'm the worst parent in the world or whatever. And the Holy Spirit points me to Jesus Christ's love for me. That how the Bible says that while I was in my iniquities, he saved me. That this righteousness that's been gifted to us through grace is not because I was ever good. It's not because of that. So even in that very moment, God's love through Jesus stands and washes over me. And then it's the beautiful fruit that I get to enjoy in that moment because it sends me back to my kids to apologize, to ask for forgiveness, to tell them the good news that I feel the Holy Spirit has given to me in that moment and to give it to them also. But to actually know that I am loved and that they are loved, it is actually a gift from God. In those days I go to bed in awe of God, right? Because I know if God does not do this thing to me, I'm going to destroy those I love around me and hurt them deeply. Um, And the fact of the matter is I'm just broken like that in myself, but I'm also made whole like that through Jesus. That is why we boast about him and his power and not ourselves. Glory to God. All right. Verses two and three. Verse two and three says this, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And verse three says, for God has done what the law through Jesus, weakened by the flesh, could not do. That's that verse seven and eight where I'm telling you we don't even have the power to please God with rules and everything else or whatever. Like we can't do that. It's not possible. Um, but it says weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So the sin, excuse me, the answer for our, our, our weakened flesh that always falls short of the righteous law, cause the law is righteous. God's, God's commandments are righteous. We're not righteous. We can't meet. We can't make it. We can't climb that wall. But Jesus has climbed that wall for us. He has conquered death by living out a perfect life. That's why we call him the perfect spotless lamb of God. The sacrificial lamb whose death and his, his, his life and his death and his resurrection pays for our sins and gives us new life in him presently and in the present and eternally, right? and eternally so the answer to this broken condition that us as humans and the whole world finds himself in is not a what like a what we should do it's in a who it's in a person it's in the king of kings the lord of lords it's in jesus christ right so i'm still something here whatever i'm gonna borrow something from john piper because i feel like he hits this really really well but he says i'm quoting him it says when the fulfilling of the law is called the law of christ It means that our pursuit of love is guided and enabled by the life, word, and spirit of Jesus Christ. The law of Christ is not a new list of behaviors. I'm going to say that again. The law of Christ is not a new list of behaviors without, but a new treasure and master within. So, it is a treasure and a master within. It's not a what. It's a who? It's Jesus Christ. He did give us, I'm still quoting, it says, He did give us a new commandment, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That's John 13, uh, 34. It says, but this standard of love is the life and power of a person who indwells us by his spirit. We pursue love as the law of Christ by looking to Christ as our all-sufficient righteousness. That's mindset on the spirit, right? Our all-satisfying treasure, our all-providing protection and helper, and our all-wise counselor in God. So, gangster stuff right there. I hope y'all with me on this. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. I'm going to go back to verse 3 and read verse 3 and 4 together. It says, but God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. So here's the thing. That the text, if we're going to be true to the text, the text doesn't say be fulfilled um, for us. It's true that God, that Jesus is our righteousness and he has fulfilled that for us. But the text is actually talking about being fulfilled, that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. And I've already told you, we can't aspire to actually um Um, meet the demands of the law ourselves. Verse seven and eight tells us impossible. So what is this saying to us when it says that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us? What it's saying is that the spirit as it is pointing us to Jesus, the fruit that comes from us, actually is satisfying the law in other words it's holy and righteous fruit that the spirit of god is empowering us to live out just like i gave the example about dealing with my kids i have completely failed in in my posturing and in my my condemnation with them but then the spirit of god as i'm pointing to jesus begins to bear fruit that is forgiveness and mercy and love and repentance and me pointing them to the father Right. So it's actually fulfilling the law inside of me in that moment. Right. Romans 7, 4 um, says this, says, likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. So he actually fulfills Um, He he is actually fulfilling the law in us by bringing forth fruit that is actually pleasing to God. That's what God is doing in us and whatever. So what is that fruit? Galatians 5.22 says this. says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law so this text right here is a great thing or whatever because when you look at it when you feel like you are being called to work to work harder um it usually doesn't feel like these things your peace is usually taken away your joy is usually taken away you don't experience the love of christ therefore you don't give the love of christ um kindness is usually not close by goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control that's when you know that that the, uh, the spirit that is the enemy of God is actually pointing you towards the flesh and setting your mind on something that causes death, whether it's in your relationships or sin, which is ultimately the weight of that is death, right? But when we have our, our minds on Christ, when we when we are being led by the spirit of life, we bear these beautiful fruits, right? John 15 says it like this starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read to verses 8. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. There you go. And he says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, meaning that God sanctifies us and puts us in situation, cuts off things that don't need to be there, puts us in situations that will grow us, right? Um, he, every, so while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean. That's the for us. When I said um earlier when i was saying in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us this text is saying it's talking about in us and not for us but this text is pointing us to the fact that it is true that jesus has done it for us and it bears that fact i mean it tells us that truth right there when it says um you are already clean because of the word i have spoken to you that's the for us and verse 4 says remain in me ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you and listen to verse eight right here says this is to my father's glory to God's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples so God is doing a work in us right that for his glory and and for the point of making an exclamation point on the fact that we are his disciples The Spirit that He has given to us is leading us. Holy Spirit is leading us and bearing much fruit in our life. And the work will be done so we don't have to speed ahead of God and try to take on the work ourselves. We get to rest in the process and be in relationship and enjoy the Father. And we need to get to do it while we're actually in peace, right? while we're in peace it doesn't mean that we're, we're there's no suffering suffering is coupled with it as we look at a broken and grievous world we will see suffering we will experience suffering because everybody won't rejoice in who we are matter of fact we will be um penalized and and, and uh, mistreated because we are his right they didn't know him so they definitely not going to know us so what law through christ and the leading of the holy spirit are we fulfilling right In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, it says this, it says "And he said to him, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So, Matthew 22 is testifying to the fact that one of the things that the Spirit of God is doing and this fulfilling of us, like this fulfilling of the law, is that we love God with our heart, all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our mind. And we love our neighbor as ourself. That's what it looks like when the, when the Spirit is bearing fruit in our lives. And so let me go ahead and bring us on home with verses 5 through eight we've already talked about seven and eight but i'm going to read this all to you it says for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit for to set the mind on the flesh is death as seven and eight is going to tell us but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to god for it does not submit to god's law indeed it cannot those who are in the flesh cannot please God so we as believers and as Christians as branches we must stay connected to the vine because to focus to try to separate ourselves and depend on our, the flesh or depend on ourselves it's death so church let me pray for you. I'm going to end right there and I'm going to speak to you in this prayer and I'm going to pray for you and for all of our listeners that are tuning in with us. I pray that this message is encouraging to you and that um, that you you that you that are encouraged in your status and your place with Jesus Christ and you also are um, more informed about the enemy and his tricks and his schemes or whatever right and when his and and that you'll be able to discern between his voice and the voice of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit and how it speaks to us so let me pray for y'all I love you Ville Church the Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray, Father, for um, everybody who's listening to the sermon this morning. Everybody hears, that hears this word, Father Lord, I pray that the shackles of condemnation will be broken off of them. Um, you, 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 you died for us, Father Lord. You sent your son, Jesus, while we were still in our iniquities. So I don't know what they did this morning, what they did last night. I don't care how much of a failure they feel like. There is nothing that can separate us from your love through Jesus that you have avalanched on us, Father Lord. While we were running away from you, you ran us down, Father Lord. You are in the business of of actually saving your enemies, Father Lord. We look at the patriarchs of the Bible and we don't find one that's spotless at all inside of the word or whatever. We look from David and we just keep working on down. They all had royal failures in their life. Nevertheless, your grace and your mercy was bigger than any failure they had and your grace and mercy is bigger than any failure that I have, that my kids have, that everybody inside of the field church has, everybody in the community we're called to has, and all of our listeners far and close have, Father Lord. So I pray, Father Lord, that they would find peace and rest and in the gospel of jesus christ that you save sinners father lord and you make them your children and they don't have to once they come into the fold start working real hard like like they're coming out of foster care and they got to earn their position in home but they are children of god they are sons and daughters of you father pray that We all would believe that, Father Lord. I pray that we all would believe that. I pray, Father Lord, that you would give us quick and sharp discernment to know when the enemy is running game on us, Father Lord, and trying to turn us from the peace and joy that you wish to bear inside of our lives, Father Lord. I pray that even in the storm that we would be able to laugh and have joy. I pray that we would be able to, as your word says, suffer with those who suffer your word says that if one of us suffers in the body we all suffer and if we rejoice that one rejoices we all rejoice i pray father lord we would have that kind of togetherness in the body of christ and in our family as the ville church and the other parts of the body of christ that it's not their problem but their problem is our problem their rejoicing is not their rejoicing, but it's our rejoicing. I pray that you give us the kind of faith that is not carnal and just makes us individualistic where we only looking out for number one, Father Lord, but that we are a family indeed Father Lord and we believe that you will continue to grow us in that and sanctify us in that Father Lord that is our hope that you have gifted us with and blessed us with and so we thank you for Jesus we thank you that we are your children we thank you Father Lord that you give us something better than ourselves that is true faithful and God glorifying Father so I praise you in Jesus name God bless you, church. God bless you, everybody listening in. Church, I love y'all. I can't wait to see y'all. I'm going to hug the mess out of all of y'all when I see you. You know what I'm saying? I b- b- believe that. I'm going to hug the mess out of you for real. So I love y'all, and, um, and uh, eyes on the prize. You already know what it is. Peace.